Let's say hello to all the leaders who are listening to this right now. We love you, leaders. Serve team, we can't do what we do without you. You are amazing and wonderful, and thank you for being so leaned in. Hey, every Monday we take some time out to have our leadership time get poured into. Today's going to be a little bit longer uh, than usual. We have a special guest all the way from Maryland. You still live in Maryland, right? I still do. Yeah, I still live in Maryland. Uh, but Zoom allows all of us to be locked in. Uh, Patrick has been, oh man, connected with the church for a minute now. And uh, he's spoken to us before. Uh, this man is a financial guru, wizard, uh, planner. Uh, I mean, what else? What other words can I put on there? Business owner. Uh, but really, it's all locked in on finances and helping people manage, steward this aspect of their lives well. Uh, so I recognize for every one of us who are hearing this, you have to deal with money. Okay? You have to. Now, we'd like to think, oh, no, it's just prayers. But that's not the way it works. Yes, prayers. But money at some point in time has to be connected with many things that God is calling us to do. Obviously, the dreams that you have for your own family, but also the dreams that we have to reach people all over the world. It does require resources. So we just want to be good stewards uh, of, of what God has given us. So Patrick here is just going to give us some wisdom as we start off the year uh, to make sure we're pointed the right direction, leading the right direction, and have our hearts in alignment with what God is wanting us to do uh, with our resources. So, Patrick, I'm passing it over to you, kind sir. You take the next 30 minutes and pour into us. Man, I am so honored. First, can everybody hear me well? Can you hear me well? Awesome, awesome. I'm super honored. Um, I want to take two seconds to honor Pastor Earl and Pastor Onika. Um, you guys are amazing. You're awesome. Um, you are one of one. And I'm so grateful that you have uh, invested in the staff, but then also invested in me as well, personally. So just super excited. Um, and I'm just excited to be before you guys today. It's going to be a great time. Here's what the flow is going to be. I don't plan on going the whole 30 minutes. I may talk for 20. And then let's get some Q&A on the back end. If you have a question, throw your hands up, throw it in the chat, um, and we can answer those questions uh, sometimes conversations can be amazing and great, but you really get answers to your questions and to what God is doing in your finances through asking questions. I always put this caveat out there. If you are too embarrassed to ask the question for yourself, just say this line, hey, Patrick, I'm asking for a friend. Can you help me with X, Y, Z? Go ahead, cover yourself and you'll be in a great position. So let's get started. The title of our talk today is New Year, Same Resolution. New Year, Same Resolution. So by a show of hands, how many people have made goals or New Year's resolutions so far this year? All right. How many people think that goals and New Year's resolutions are a waste of time? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, we got a few people who think it's not worth it. Um, but maybe you, you plan to get into the gym. Maybe you planned on uh, sticking to a diet, reading your Bible more. Uh, getting better with your finances. I did a little research and I found out that most New Year's resolutions die by February. It means the individual has stopped the planning. They don't believe it's going to happen anymore. Just look at the gym. The gym's packed for the first 30 days and then go into February right around uh, Valentine's Day and every piece of equipment is available because people have fallen off the wagon. 
My goal today is to make sure that as we're working through our financial goals in 2024, that we actually achieve them, that we don't fall off the wagon in August or June or July or September or get to the finish line in December and then you burn out. We want to devise a plan and talk through what is it going to take for you to be able to set a goal and to see that goal come to pass specifically in the area of finances in 2024. For a lot of you, your financial diligence and breakthrough is going to be a catalyst to opening up other areas of your life. You may be in a position where you're wondering, why don't my relationships feel like I want them to? Why doesn't my marriage feel like God has called it to be? It's because for a lot of you, your finances are not in order, or they may be in order, and God is calling you to another level of excellence. Sounds good? Um, so take notes. Take notes here. Point number one on how to achieve your financial goals in 2024. You need to prepare for your worst day, not your best day. I'll say that again. You need to prepare for your worst day and not your best day. The Bible tells us that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So what does that mean? What does that tell me? That tells me that at some point in 2024, you are going to have a challenge specifically in the area of finances. It may be lack. It may be opportunity. It may be a setback where you thought you would have achieved the goal by this point and you have not. My goal and what is important for us as we go through 2024 is we're not just preparing for the, the mountaintop, but we're preparing for that valley moment. Because here's what I've found in business, in finances, in life, people are not anticipating setbacks. So when setback walks up and knocks on their door, they're shocked and they're scared and they wipe out because they are not anticipating uh, seeing or approaching or having any level of opposition to what their plan is. I'll tell you this right now. The enemy of our soul does not want you wealthy. The enemy of our soul does not want you wealthy. Why? Because you're someone who impacts the kingdom. You're someone who practices generosity. You're someone who's selfless. So you with wealth in your hand is going to change the trajectory of the kingdom. So absolutely, you're going to experience some level of opposition. So number one, we need to make sure that we are preparing for our worst day and not our best day. How do you do that? One, you need to live below your means. You need to live below your means. When you experience opposition, when uh, finances may not be in the position that you want them to be, when you're struggling, when things are difficult, living below your means can help you through that season. Why? There's money stress and then there's life stress. <laughs> and if we can minimize the money stress, if we can make sure that we're living a principled, biblical lifestyle with our finances, it makes traversing through life that much more simple. Number two, get aggressive about savings. Get aggressive about savings. This year is going to favor those individuals who are aggressively saving, whether it be for your emergency fund, saving for a future investment, savings to be a blessing to someone else when God tells you to move and to be a blessing to someone. Here's the thing. Um, savings gives you optionality. It's not God. Some people treat their savings as God and they think that they can traverse anything, but savings gives you optionality. It gives you the option of where do you want to live? Where do you want to send your kids? What do you want to eat? 
uh, you want to position yourself in a way that you are aggressively saving. I just feel this, that 2024 is going to be the year that individuals who have focused on their savings and their financial acumen, they are going to win. There is going to be a separation season from those who have prepared with those who have not. So live below your means, get aggressive about savings, and then set boundaries in your financial decisions. We talk about boundaries in every other area of our life, but sometimes we don't talk about boundaries in our finances. What are some boundaries that you need to set? Am I going to live a life of debt or am I going to live a debt-free life? That's a boundary. That's a decision that you make. Here's another boundary and decision. What does generosity look like in my life? Will I keep everything that God gives me and not send it back out to the places that he's calling me to send it back out to because of fear, because of a scarcity mentality, because of generational trauma that I've experienced? Or am I going to be a conduit that God can use? Investing. What type of boundaries and financial decisions are we going to make in investing? You are not going to be working at Shoreline City for the remainder of your life. I promise you, you won't. There's going to be a season when God calls you away to a different season. And my question to you is, are you going to be financially prepared for that season? Or are you going to be holding on to a season that God has asked you to move from because you have not prepared financially for that next step? And then this is a big one. I've talked to a lot of not just you, but just churches around the country. And 2023 was a very difficult year when it came to family and money. Family and money, multiple dynamics, parents to kids, cousins, brothers, sisters. If you're married, sit with your spouse and, and have a conversation this year about how do we handle money and family? What do we believe? What don't we believe? Do we lend to family? Do we not lend to family? What do we believe when it comes to our finances and how we are going to interact with those that God has placed in our life? So number one, prepare for your worst day, not your best day. Number two, I got super excited about this point. Point two is learn how to manufacture momentum. Learn how to manufacture momentum. Has anyone played sports? Do we have any sports people, high school, middle school, college, intramural, flag football, uh, what was pickleball everybody's playing now? There's something in sports called a momentum shift. A momentum shift. What is a momentum shift? It seems like one team is down, the, down in the score. They can't get anything right. And then it seems like with uh, the flick of a hand, uh, the snap of a finger, the opposition gets momentum and gets um, acceleration. They get uh, focus. It seems like everything begins to go in their direction. What I sat down and thought about is finances are the same way. And also momentum does not happen by accident. There are steps and systems to creating momentum in your life. A lot of you um, are not necessarily uh, bad with money. You just have not seen a win or any level of momentum in your life in a certain amount of time. So you become discouraged and downtrodden and, and in a position where you feel like this financial growth thing is not for me. It's for you. You just have not seen any momentum or growth in your financial journey in some time. So 
Here's how to create momentum in your financial goals in 2024. Number one, manage your finances according to God's word. TikTok is okay. I don't love it, but you got YouTube, you got Instagram, you have books. You have so many places where you can get financial information from. The first place that you should go is God's word. What does God say about building wealth? What does he say about debt? We know the Bible says to borrow a slave to the lender. What does God say about generosity? What does God say about generational wealth, right? He says a good man leaves inheritance to his kids' kids. So before we go dive into the Wall Street Journal and we dive into um, all of these uh, books about finances and helping us get to the, the, the next level, our first place needs to be sitting in God's presence and asking him, God, what do you say about my finances? What do you want me to build while I'm here on this earth in the area of finances? Number two is how to create momentum. Take calculated risk. I'm going to read it verbatim here. For some of you, that may be committing to getting out of debt, breaking on the healthy habits you have about money, finally deciding to invest in your future through retirement. You will never achieve your full potential until you step out on faith and trust uh, that what God is telling you to do in the area of building wealth. If you ask anybody who's achieved anything, Go to your senior pastors, go to Pastor Earl, go to Pastor Onika, and just ask them this question. What calculated risk did you take to build the church that we have today? And they will show you a list of risk that they had to take. Of course, it was calculated. They used wisdom. They had spiritual authority. Uh, they prepared it. The whole thing blew up and it didn't work. But the same is true in your financial process. If you are conservative and you play it safe, and you don't ever step out on what you feel like God is telling you to do, you will not achieve the full potential that God has set out for you. Now, I said calculated. I didn't say foolish because some of you guys are, are risky people. So, okay, Pat, I'm going to put all my life inheritance in Bitcoin. I'm going to go buy a farm. I don't know anything about farming. Uh, I'm down for risk, Patrick. That's what I love to do. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you to make rash decisions. I'm telling you that there has to be calculated risk that you hear from God that's supported by spiritual authority and has practicable, practical steps towards achieving your goals. What was my calculated risk? It was leaving financial advisory and going to start my own business, just working with churches. I feel like the Lord spoke to me, firmed it through my wife and our spiritual authority, and I left the three-year career and I started my own business focusing just on financial services for churches. I was terrified, <laughs> couldn't sleep at night, um, but what I had was a word from God. What I also had was some savings in the bank, <laughs> some experience in the area of finances, and some connections that allowed me to make that transition. It was a risk, but it was calculated. Last is seize the day. I believe that's carpe diem. My wife's on here. She's an attorney. She can let me know if that's the proper uh, Latin for that, but seize the day. I'm going to throw some names out to you guys. Michael Jordan. Michael Phelps, Tiger Woods. All three of those people are known to be the best in the world at what they do, golf, swimming, basketball. But what I began to realize, and this is applicable to your finances, is that they did not become um, comfortable with just one win. If you think about Michael Jordan, 
Michael Jordan won three, <laughs> I mean, sorry, two three-peats. He won three championships in a row. Then he took a break. Then he won another three championships. What did he realize? He realized that I have to seize the day right now. I have momentum. I have a financial win. I got a, a promotion at work. My income is increasing. What does that look like? What does that mean? That means that I'm taking advantage of the favor of God that's in my life right now in the area of finances. I'll give you an example in the story. Me and my wife, we paid off all of our debt the first year of our marriage. And because we did not seize the day, because we did not take advantage of the momentum that we had, we paid off the debt. And then we had a season of probably a year plus where I personally feel like we did not make any financial progress. We had a lot of fun. We traveled. We ate out a lot. We bought things, but we didn't move the ball forward. Why? Because we were in a situation where um, good or bad, we had worked so hard to pay off the debt. We were exhausted. We were tired, but we didn't put in proper vision for what was next. We didn't seize the day. So my question to, to me and my wife was, hey, what if we had put in proper planning and we had seized the day? Maybe debt-free could have been segued into building generational wealth faster. Maybe that could have segued into blessing people with more of what God had placed in us and for us. So when you have momentum, when you're experiencing wins, celebrate, thank the Lord, but put your foot on the gas pedal. Can we turn one win into two, two into four, four into eight, and exponentially grow what God has put in Last thing, last thing about uh, ways to achieve your financial goals in 2024. You need to inspect what you expect. You need to inspect what you expect. What does that mean? Imagine if I asked you to build a skyscraper or a building. Huge project, billions of dollars, 50, 60 feet in the air. And imagine if you got all the subcontractors together, you got the electrician, you got the carpenters, and you guys just built that building and you never took time to inspect what you were creating. You didn't take a look at the structural integrity of it. You didn't check to see the electricity. You didn't check to see the plumbing. You didn't see if you were building it correctly. You just started on day one, finished on whenever you finished, and then you just turned the building over to me. As a consumer, I would be very terrified. Because along the process, you did not inspect what you expected to build, to create. Our financial goals and our financial wealth building is the same. You cannot just set a goal and put your head down and work towards that goal and never look up and see what type of amendments can I make to be able to improve this process. Here's the cadence of what you should be focusing on. You should be taking a look at your finances weekly monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. And as the time increases, right? Weekly, you don't need to look at your finances as much. Um, monthly, you need to take a more macro perspective. Quarterly, even more. Yearly, you're spending a significant amount of time determining where were our wins? Where are our losses? How can we improve? Uh, what's one thing that we did last year that we do not want to replicate again coming into the new year. If you don't take that strategic time to determine, am I winning? So many times you're in the fight, you don't know where the arrows are coming from. You're just trying to build wealth. You're just trying to pay off debt. You're just trying to become a millionaire, but you haven't stopped and asked, am I winning? 
And if I am winning, what are some things that I can improve on? And if I'm not winning, what is causing me to not be in the position that I dream of? If you're married, this needs to happen with your spouse. If you are not married, <laughs> this needs to happen with you and the Holy Spirit sitting at a table <laughs> with your budget. Um, but as a single person, you're also preparing for that married season, right? So you're not off the hook in regards to financial preparation just because you don't have a spouse. You are required to steward what God has given you at every season of your life. Inspection of your finances may not always show areas that you're winning, but it can show areas that you need to improve and correct. Finances are one of those things that serve as a mirror. I say finances, marriage, and kids are the three things that serve as a mirror in your life. You hold up that mirror and you see the true nature of who you are. You see that boogie in your nose. <laughs> you see that your hairline's a little bit crooked. You see that uh, you got maybe one or two more pimples. Why? Because it's a reflection of your personal decisions. It's a reflection of what you believe. It is a reflection of how you see the world and how you see your own wealth building process. These three things, prepare for your worst day, learn how to manufacture momentum and inspect what you expect. If you keep those things on the forefront of your mind, We'll be meeting again December 31st of 2024, and there will be stories upon stories upon stories of God's faithfulness in the area of your financial growth, because these are the core pillars that I found in my life, in my client's life, and in our process to building wealth. That's all that I got. Um, I pray that that was beneficial, that it was um, a blessing to you.